The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience. Places. I'm your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III. This podcast is brought to you by Spotify, DistroKid, Asylum 817 Productions. And um, it's very rare that I get to sort of sit back and kind of relax <laughs> recording an episode of Strange Places. Very, very rare. To where I didn't really have to do any kind of research because it all came from a question that one of you asked me and I thought it'd be it'd cool. It'd be cool to make an episode dedicated to it because of strange places. Have you been made a believer in anything? Has it changed any of your perceptions with anything? Have you experienced anything paranormal yourself because of the show? Matter of fact, I have, and uh, I'm going to revel in this because like I said, this is a very rare kind of episode of strange places. Why I get to kind of just sit back and, you know, be more conversational with you. Yeah, something paranormal did happen because of the show, I believe. And it's to the point where I'm going to make reference to what this was, but I'm not going to tell you what it's called. It just feels like the right thing to do, or like the safe thing to do. If you go back in the episodes, let me find out exactly what episode it is. And while I'm doing that, I'll talk to you here a little bit. I'm going to go through my Strange Places kind of uh, archives here, see if I can find it. You hear me clacking? Yeah. (laughs) I've made so many episodes, I have to actually search things. Isn't that wild? Oh, wow. It was episode 17. I didn't know it was in season one. I was looking in the wrong folder. Okay. If you go back to season 17, uh, season 17, episode 17, season one, you'll find an episode that I made about a certain inanimate object. It's a really good episode. It's an episode that almost didn't happen. So 
when you listen to it, join me in thanks that it even exists at all. And I'll tell you why. This, and I'm not going to say too much about it. You know, go and listen to the episode if you really want to know a lot about this uh, thing. But this inanimate object is known to cause a lot of problems, cause a lot of ruckus, extreme bad luck, tragic circumstances to whoever owned it, bizarre things going on. I don't even remember if we ranked it inconclusive, proven, debunked, or what. I think I marked it proven considering what happened. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's very rare I get to talk to you like this. It's uh, weird not having an outline. But it's whenever someone takes a photo of it or someone mentions it, you know, when in its presence or does something without its permission, it's to the point where this inanimate object, which is located in the Florida Keys, gets letters and offerings, people showing up to the museum where it resides, offering apology letters, apology offerings. I just thought this was the silliest thing I'd ever heard. Until during that episode, I made a bit of a cheeky little joke. And first of all, I didn't even ask this entity's permission or this item or whatever you want to call it. I did not ask his permission to do this show, which supposedly that's what you're supposed to do or else it gets angry. I didn't ask and poked fun at it a little bit. Despite my girlfriend telling me you better not, <laughs> you better watch your ass, you know. I, I would say part of it, yeah, part of it was ignorance. And my a little bit of disbelief there and a little bit of almost kind of wanting something to happen. See if I could provoke it. So I would have something to say. Well, yeah, I got an episode 108 out of it, but I really wish I hadn't. I don't know what it was, but... As soon as I hit stop recording that episode, the most bizarre thing started happening. I would play the episode back as I was mixing it, you know, play it back. Everything sounds just fine. I, now, keep in mind, I've been a studio engineer for over 20 years. I've been doing this for a long time. Everything that could go wacky in a recording studio, I've heard it. And then I would mix and get that ready to go and then go to play it back just to check, you know, my work and hearing sounds, staticky sounds that I've never heard before in a studio setting. I know we say on this show a lot, don't go with first-hand accounts and all that. I'm just telling you my side of it. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. If you really want to know what I don't recommend, but if you really want to know for sure firsthand, Go piss it off, because I think I did. The episode was completely unusable. <laughs> this just blows my mind. The episode was completely unusable. Sounds in that I've never heard. And then I get to where I would go to play. It wouldn't even play at all. So I made a couple of little follow-up kind of bonus episodes. Oh, my God, you guys, can you imagine what happened? Look what just happened. 
I got I deleted those because I I got to thinking you know I think I I must have pissed something off, and then I let it go thinking oh you know it's just coincidence or what have you, and then things in my personal life started going wrong. I mean really wrong. Just bizarre stuff out of absolutely nowhere. People getting sick, people getting hurt. It, it was just me getting sick. It, it was just, it wasn't just that though. I mean, it was bam, 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 one after the other. People dying for God's sake. It was just, it was so bad. Financial struggle. I mean, everything just tanked all of a sudden. And I thought, okay, just on the off chance that I pissed this thing off, maybe I should offer it an apology. Thousands of people, grown people, take a pilgrimage to Florida to go apologize to this thing in person. They send it letters. Took a couple of days, you know, for me to wrap around in my head what I was about to do. So I called the museum where it resides. And this is known to be one of the most haunted items in the world. One of the scariest pieces of haunted anything. It's very, very famous. I'm not going to say his name. I refuse. And what's funny is it's kind of a rule at my house. Nobody else says his name either. We don't say his name. So I thought, you know, just on the off chance, just in case. I was starting to have nightmares. It was getting bizarre. I was having really weird, very vivid nightmares of this object taunting me, coming to get me. And I called a museum in the Florida Keys. I talked to a receptionist. And... I must have sounded like a complete madman. But her reaction was very unlike anything I could have ever possibly imagined. I said, look, I own a podcast. I run a podcast called Strange Places. I told her, you know, everything. I said, I I have a podcast called Strange Places where we talk about paranormal things and haunted things and, you know, anything having to do with that. And I was talking about this thing of which I will not name and... I made a, I got a little cheeky there, made a bit of a joke, didn't ask its permission to do the podcast anyway, used photos of him without his permission. Apparently I had to ask that too, I guess. And uh, I think I pissed it off. Can you first tell me a little bit about it? And second, how, because I can't get to Florida. I mean, things are just really bad here. I How am I going to make sure that I can apologize to him and Make sure, damn sure, that he gets it. Now, keep this in mind. I talked to a grown person, a receptionist at a museum. And her reply (laughs) was as insane as the story of this thing itself. She goes, yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I get calls multiple times a day. Well, I've probably had thousands throughout the course of my career. I said, well, what can you tell me about him? And she says, I can't tell you much because I, t- I, I take a very wide berth around him. I walk past him every day. I see his enclosure every day. And she said, every day I see people coming up. Some of them are shaking in their boots. Some of them are laughing just because of the sheer audacity of it. She goes, I've seen some crying, grown men. 
apologizing to this thing. And she says, what you're doing? And I said, do you believe in it? And she goes, I wouldn't be treating you this way if I didn't believe in it. She said, I believe you. And I said, oh, what do I do? Can I write a letter? And she said, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the one that places the letters, you know, at, at the enclosure anyway. She says, I don't get near him if I don't have to. And I asked her for a favor. I said, look, can you walk by him and just hold the phone up to him and just so he could hear me apologize? And I'll send a letter too. And guess what? She did it. She took the phone, took it to an inanimate object held the phone to said inanimate object, and I apologized to it. Not only that, I sent it an email. Yeah, he gets emails. They get printed and they get placed at the foot of his enclosure. And guess what? I shit you not. Again, first-hand account. So don't take what I say as gospel. If you don't believe it, you don't believe it. And I say the reason why this object, why I'm convinced that there's something going on here with it, that it's paranormal legitimately, is because I know what's going to happen when you piss it off. Because I pissed it off. And the reaction of everybody there. This woman spends all day with it. And she sees people coming and going, apologizing to this thing for be not asking permission or being an asshole or whatever. She held a phone up to an... <laughs> She held the phone up to an inanimate object, and I apologized to it. I felt like the silliest person in the world, but I didn't at the same time. There was just a part of me that knew. I was fucking around with something that I shouldn't have been fucking around with. I made a joke about something I shouldn't have joked around about. I, I should not have. That's why it's a thing on the show that I keep saying, oh, I'm not going to mess with that, man. I don't fuck with that. Because I did once. And then after I apologized to it, I can't make you believe this. But the only way that I can really is if you piss him off yourself and see the fucking results. I got off the phone. And the file that I had deleted was in my folder where I keep the active recordings while I'm mixing them and working on them. I'm getting chills just talking about it. It really does bother me. Never seen a ghost. I think I saw a UFO one time, but this is the only time I felt like ever that I was touched by something that it should not belong here. I played the recording and it worked. I played it multiple times and there was nothing there. It was nothing but static. I apologize to the thing. I write it in email and the recording works. I don't expect you to believe me. But then I got to look at it from a rational point of view too. What if it was all just coincidence? I've seen crazy shit happen in the studio before. I've heard it happens. You're dealing with all this technology. You have all these radio emitting, you know, radio frequency emitting sources everywhere. There's a funny story about one of the listening stations that's owned by our government listens for radio bursts and, you know, searching for intelligent life out there in the cosmos, listening for radio signals. 
And they were, this was back in the 70s, I think. They received a really, really powerful one. I mean, obviously intelligent, aimed right at us. And they found out years later it was caused by someone microwaving a burrito in the downstairs cafeteria. The studio's like that. You're dealing with really sensitive stuff, microphones, cables. I got really good RF shielding, but honestly, season one, I was scraping by. <laughs> I had a hand-me-down microphone. I had a cable with a short in it, you know, so I always got these weird little clicks and pops all the time. Is it a coincidence that bar none, the worst time of my entire life happened right after I made that joke about this thing. And then things started to smooth out once I apologized. It, is that a coincidence? Could be. Could be. But if someone comes up to you and says, hey, here's this inanimate object. If you make fun of it, you're screwed. And you make fun of it. And then you get screwed. What does that tell you? <laughs> Either it's legit Either it's something legitimately paranormal, that this thing is real, or you're just probably not that smart. And that's what I told myself. That's why I don't screw with these things anymore. Cliff by John Spagnoli. Told through the eyes of two seasoned detectives, Skull and Violet, Cliff by John Spagnoli has as many twists and turns as the sinuous cliffside roads where mysterious murders occur. When Skull returns from military service with PTSD, Violet covers for him as they sleuth out cold cases in the seaside metropolis where they grew up as besties. The duo struggle with unrequited love for each other while scrambling to investigate a new rash of murders masquerading as suicides. From women dropped over cliffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean to paranormal apparitions in the twilight hours, nothing makes sense to the detectives until rumors of a cult lead to an unexpected botanical revelations. Colorful characters spice the treacherous hunt to catch the perpetrators before the next victim is sacrificed. Now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, and where books are sold. This object, and whatever inhabits it, from what I hear from the experts and the empaths and the psychics and all that stuff, what they tend to say, and I take very little stock in what you know, psychics have to say. There, there's many reasons for that because I don't think that we need them. I don't think we need a psychic to prove that there's paranormal phenomena happen, happening with this object or this place or what have you. We have better evidence that we could lean on by someone just holding their hands aloft, singing Kumbaya and saying, oh, I feel something. I'm not saying what they do is not legitimate. It probably is. Psychic phenomenon, we should do an episode on that. We'll probably end up proving it more than likely. But it's unnecessary. We can prove something is paranormal without the use of a psychic, sorry. But these people say all the time that the reason why this object is the way it is is because it was owned by somebody. And listen to the episode. You'll know which one. It was owned by an artist artist passed away, and he had a bizarre, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He had a bizarre attachment to this object. I mean, bizarre. 
even well into his adulthood and all the way up until he died. And what the psychics say is that it's imbued with his spirit. Some psychics say there's another one in there. But what the psychics and empaths and, you know, whatever they do, well, what they all universally agree on is that what's in there is not something you want to screw with. It isn't the nicest thing in the world. And from what they say, whenever something like this happens and a spirit inhabits a thing, it can only last so long. Entropy is just one of the laws of the universe, and it applies to everything. Apparently, even when a spirit or whatever attaches itself to an object, entropy will always occur. Whatever is inside this object is slowly fading away. If that's true, that should have scared the hell out of me. I should have never made that joke. Probably shouldn't have even recorded that episode. Because if this is something that is actively evaporating or decaying or passing through, you know, and it had enough, <laughs> it had enough gusto, had enough gumption, had enough, you know, charge in it to screw with my life, to make things go wrong for me, I would, uh, I would have hated to see it in its prime, I'll tell you that. But I thought it would be interesting to make an episode about something that I've been asked. Have you ever been steadfast against something and this show changed your mind? Have you ever experienced something you know paranormal because of the show? Yes and yes. And it's this thing right here. I should have never laughed at it. And I keep mulling over in my head, why do I why am I so convinced? that this thing is real? Why am I so convinced that this thing is truly haunted? Because my rational brain keeps telling me, man, it had to have been a coincidence. Life is a roller coaster. It's always up. It's always down. And my luck, oh my God. <laughs> the highs are usually, eh, that's pretty decent. And the lows crash through the fucking floor. That's just always how my life has been. Things are either okay, marginally, or they're a complete and utter disaster. Bob Ross said we have happy accidents. I have happy Chernobyls. Could it have been a coincidence? Yeah, my rational brain keeps telling me that. But then there's things outside of that. Call me crazy, or maybe I'm just not saying this eloquently enough. But if someone says, this is what's going to happen if you do this, and that's exactly in, in a paranormal sense, right? Not, hey, if you stick your tongue in a light socket. No, I'm talking about in, in a paranormal sense, right? If you do this with this paranormal thing or entity or object or whatever, then this is going to happen. And then you do it and it happens. Shouldn't that be proof enough that this object is paranormal. I don't know. There is only one thing that I know for absolute 100% certainty. I'll probably flip-flop on, is this real for the rest of my life? If you ask me if I were to deliver a solid verdict, I would say proven. But 
then you'd be relying on my firsthand account. And I got to practice what I preach. I say, don't rely on firsthand accounts. So I really, I don't expect you to rely on mine either. You could do your own experiment, but I suggest you don't. Don't do it. I warned you. <laughs> if you want to find out that this thing is real, take its photo without its permission. Write a book making fun of it. Do a podcast episode and give it hell. And then maybe I'll be convinced. Two for two, right? <laughs> but I don't need that. And you don't either. The only thing that I'm convinced of, 100% absolute, balls to bones convinced of, is that I am never going to screw with something that is known to be haunted, vengeful, that can reach out and mess with me in any way. No way. And as far as the name, I know it seems kind of weird that I'm not going to mention it, but I just get this feeling that that's the right thing to do. I kept the episode how it is. There's so many things around this object that I just cannot, I can't explain. Why did I keep the episode the same name? Why don't I say his name around the house? Maybe it's just out of respect. Maybe it's out of fear. Could be both. I am afraid of it. I'm a man, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm not, as, I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not scared to admit that. But I am afraid of him. I'm terrified of him. Because what they said he does under these certain conditions, that's exactly what happened. Listen to the episode. I think you would enjoy it quite a bit. But I wanted to give you kind of a background on why I, you know, my answer to this question. Thank you for... Um, supplying me this question. I, I appreciate it. And Canada, you rule. It's nice to get a question from a Canadian listener. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope things are going good up there. Down here? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> things are a little wacky down here. No, Canada's doing all right. But I appreciate the question. And yeah, I don't mind talking about it, but there's only certain things I'm going to say. And there's a lot of things I won't say, including its name. I just implore you not to not to mess with it yourself. I warned you. Don't say I didn't. I've been meaning to someday go to Florida and apologize to him in person. If I can work up the nads to do it. I don't know if it's necessary. I probably should just leave it alone because I I I, I do believe he has accepted my apology. I just felt immediately better when that receptionist, I couldn't believe it, brought the phone over to an inanimate object and I spoke to it. I just got this overwhelming feeling that I'm okay. I'm good. And then, yeah, things started getting better. Were they the... No. They, things, will, and things in my life, and I wish I could tell you specifically what happened, but as a man, as a family man especially, I went through one of the worst things that any parent could ever go through you think of the worst you probably think of the three worst scenarios a parent could go through you nailed one of them guaranteed and there was something that occurred with somebody who let their own evil into their life 
and somebody was harmed in such a horrible way. You make your own decisions. And I'm not going to sit here and tell myself, this. these events occurred, that was just one of the many. I'm not going to sit here and tell myself, these events occurred because I pissed off this object. And I'm cursed now. No, no. You make your own decisions. Which leans toward the realm of coincidence. Could this have been a coincidence somehow? But then mixed with everything else, I mean, my God, my entire life fell apart. It was crazy. I wish I could tell you without being boastful, but I always found, I always seem, I always feel boastful when I talk about it. So I'm very low key about it. We had an amount in our savings account, me and Cassie, to where honestly, we didn't have to worry about squat anymore. And being extremely lucky, what do they say? Less than 10% of podcasts make any kind of financial return from doing this. Any kind of financial return that goes from a dollar on Patreon to, you know, Joe Rogan pay like less than 10%. And I, <laughs> I can do this for a living. I have a day job. Yeah. And the only reason I'm even at it now at this point is because podcasters don't get 401k plans and private insurance is really, really fucking expensive. Otherwise I wouldn't work at all. And you can imagine what we had squirreled away. Within the space of a couple days, it was gone. Not because we spent it, not because we were irresponsible, not because of this, not because of that, but emergencies occurred. And all of our fucking money was gone. We're slowly getting everything back to where it was. And we'll get, we'll get back there eventually. But it was just a weird time in my life, the weirdest time in my life, and not even counting what I did to this inanimate object, his name I will not say. It was just the worst time I've ever been through as a man, as an adult, as a human being, as a father. It's just worst. It's horrible. And I'll be dealing with the new normal for the rest of my life. Things will never, ever be how they were. It wasn't a complete reversal. I just think about him. A lot. I really do. I think about him sitting there alone in his glass case. What's behind those eyes? Is there a mind in there somewhere? Not a physical, tangible one. Not like this floating you know, pink piece of tofu floating around in our skulls. I mean, a, a mind that is passed on and is now ethereal. Is there something slowly passing away inside of him? Is he able to observe? Can he move like people say he can? Does he still have all his faculties or is he slowly dissipating like smoke? I don't know. And I would like to go to Florida to apologize in person, but honestly, I don't think I would get within 20 feet of him. I think he's already accepted my apology, number one. And number two, I think I've done enough. So listen to the episode. I think you would really enjoy it. Do your own research on it. And for God's sake, leave him alone. Because if you want some firsthand account, if you want some firsthand shit by somebody I, in which I hope I have earned, you know, at least a little bit of your trust at this point. 
<laughs> you know, not trying to prove everything like the History Channel. And you could hear my heartbreak in my voice, you know, when we end up disproving something and I really wanted it to be real. Maybe I hope I've earned at least a sliver of your trust by now. <laughs> so when I say, yes, I'm convinced that this thing is actually what it is. Yes, I believe it's paranormal. And stay away from it. I just think about it a lot. What are the natural mechanisms that make this work? What happened? How did a soul go into this? If that's even what happened, did someone just curse this thing? I don't know. But there's something very, very wrong with it. I used to think, and sometimes I still do, I mean, it creeps up. I used to think that everything inevitably draws to a rational conclusion. At the end, everything is natural, like a fucking rainstorm and the street getting wet. But, you know, and, you know, and all questions end up being solved rationally at one point or another. It will happen. I used to think this. But maybe now I believe that some questions are in the eye of the beholder. And some explanations are not of this world. And that's all we got, friends. Thanks for listening. Make sure to go on your podcast platform of choice. You can send me messages on there. You can contact me on there. Let me know. There's something going on in your area. Some kind of local ghost, ghost story or local you know, sighting or something that's going on. You want me to talk about it? Dive into it? I definitely will. And suggestions for shows? Hit me up, man. That's what this show was. And I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, all right. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash asylum817. Patreon link will be in this description. You can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways at certain tiers, all kinds of stuff. So check it out. Little as a dollar a month, man. Ad-free episodes? Yeah. The patrons get their own podcast, too. How cool is that? Shout out to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, Dilligaff, Christian Belt. I appreciate you guys. The show would not be around without you. Special thanks to this week's sponsors as well. And yeah, that is all we got. Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places or things to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. Red's Room Podcast. Listen to Red and Jake dive into topics spanning history, religion, philosophy, and conspiracies. New episodes available weekly on all major podcast networks, YouTube, and Spotify. Or visit them at redsroompodcast.com. That is redsroompodcast.com.